Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. I'm telling you what, I'm still trying to gather myself because I'm a little emotional today. Isn't this awesome to see what is happening? I'm telling you. And you know, that's life, isn't it? That you just have the highs and you have the lows and all the emotions that come along with life. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about for just a little bit today. We are in this series. Those of you that are just joining us for the first time today, over the last few weeks, have been in this series called The Struggle Bus. So everybody say, Struggle Bus. Struggle Bus. How many have ever heard that term before? The Struggle Bus. Some of you have heard it before. If you haven't, let me just catch you up. It really just simply means like I'm struggling. Come on, I'm going through a bad day or I'm having a hard time or things are not going the way that I anticipated or the way that I would like for them to go. And so you might say something like this today, I'm riding the struggle bus. How many ever ridden on the struggle bus before, right? And we've been talking about that in this series over the last few weeks. And we've kind of had just this key thought that has driven us through the series. It's a really encouraging thought today. And I'll just tell you once again, here's the, here's the thought is you will struggle. Aren't you encouraged now, right? you will struggle. How many know this is true, right? I mean, I would love to be able to tell you that there won't be any struggles in life and that everything will always be good and there won't be any problems or any difficulties in your life, but I can't tell you that because the truth is you will struggle. There will be times in your life when you face difficulties and you face hardships, you will ride the struggle bus in this life. In fact, our key kind of verse for this, for this whole passage or for this whole series is found in this passage that we've looked at every single week. I want us to look at it again. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And look what he says in John 16, verse 33. It's on the screen there for you if you want to follow along. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Everybody say it out loud. You may have peace for in this world you will have trouble but take hearts for I have overcome the world Jesus says hey guys here's what I want to tell you I want to tell you in this world you'll have some struggles you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials. You're going to have things that you're going to go through that aren't going to be pleasant in this life. And he says, hey, I'm not telling you this to be a downer. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm telling you this because I want you to have peace in your heart. And the peace in your heart comes from this knowledge. This is the whole point of this series. This knowledge that no matter what you face, no matter the struggle that you are going through in your life, you can be encouraged because Jesus has already overcome it. And man, that's the hope that we have. Man, that's the encouragement that we have in our heart that Jesus came to this earth. He gave his life on that cross. He faced the ultimate struggle for you and me, but he didn't just die. He rose again on that third day. And if Jesus has overcome, guess what, guys? There's nothing that you will face that you cannot overcome through his power in your life. That's the point of this series is that, hey, you're going to struggle, but there's hope for your struggle. And what we've been doing is we've been just kind of looking at some of the struggles of life, some of the struggles that we all face from time to time in life, and just looking at them one by one. Last week, we talked about faith struggles. How many have ever struggled with your faith before, right? I mean, times when you struggle with, you know, man, I just don't know if I believe. And I would just challenge you, like, if you weren't here last weekend or if you've ever experienced doubt, go back and watch the live stream 
stream or listen to the podcast because I believe God wants to speak to you through that next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, man, we're going to talk about a major struggle that so many people face. We're going to talk about marriage struggles. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever had a marriage struggle because you might be sitting next to your spouse today. But we've all experienced that if you've been married. And next week, I'm going to be sitting next to my beautiful wife right on this stage. And together, we're going to tag team, preach, and talk about marriage struggles. You're not going to want to miss that. And then the last week of the series, Pastor Amber on Mother's Day is going to share about family struggles. I'm just telling you, you just don't want to miss a single week. Everybody look at your neighbor. Tell them, don't miss a week. Don't miss a week as we're just going to talk about all these struggles in life. And here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about, I believe, a struggle that every single person in this room faces on a regular basis. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about emotional struggles. And and let's just talk about this for a second. Help me out. We're going to do a little survey. So I need all audience participation here today. I need you to raise your hand. If in the last seven days, you have felt one of these emotions. All right. In the last seven days, how many of you have felt happy in the last seven days? Raise your hand. All right. Look around. That's almost everybody. Okay. Put your hands down. How many of you in the last seven days has felt sad? Raise your hand at least at one point last seven days. Okay. Almost everybody put them down. How many of you in the last seven days, you have felt uh, maybe angry at something or something, someone, if they're in the room, don't point at them. That's just not good. All right. How many, how many of you in the last seven days, you have maybe felt worried about something? Come on, raise your hand. All right. Put those, those hands down. How many of you in the last seven days, you have felt frustrated about or with someone, or how many of you have felt fearful in the last seven days about something? How many of you have felt disappointed about something in the last seven days? How many of you felt hopeful about something? Come on, right? How many of you have felt discouraged in the last seven days? Like, you're like, I raised my hand for all of them. How many of you have felt joy in the last seven days? You guys are a mess, man. I think we're all a mess, aren't we? Because here's the thing, like, I, I could have named even more emotions. that The whole gamut of emotions, and everyone said, I felt them all in the last seven days. And the truth is... It's not just in seven-day periods that we feel these emotions. Sometimes it can be in a day I feel all these emotions. Some of you are like, in the last five minutes, I've felt all these emotions. Some of you are like, man, you know what? I can even feel more than one emotion at a time. How many of you have ever experienced that before, right? Like, at one moment, I'm happy. And the next moment, I'm sad. And I'm teetering on the edge between all of these emotions. And here's the deal, is that emotions are one of the greatest struggles that we face in our life. In fact, they're such a big deal in our lives that we've even created these things on our phones called emojis. How many of you have ever used an emoji before? Come on, raise your hand if you ever used an emoji. Guys, go ahead and raise your hand. It's socially acceptable now, even for men to use emojis. I don't remember when the first time I used an emoji was, but I do remember the first time that my dad used an emoji. I mean, it was like... There's something weird about a 64-year-old man using smiley poop faces and stuff. And is, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I did a little research on emojis just to show you how important our emotions are. And we've created this stuff. The growth of emojis. Check this out. There are now a total of 2,823 emojis in the Unicode standard. Amazing. 
The most recent emoji release is called Emoji 11.0. We've got 11 different versions of this thing. And they recently added 157 new emojis, which include redheads now, mangoes, and lacrosse sticks. I don't know why you would ever use a lacrosse stick. But here's the deal. Like, why do we have these little things that we use in our phones and all? Because emotions are a big deal. And we all experience them. And we all face the struggle. And here's the thing. Like, emotions have the power to direct our lives. Like, every part of our life are touched and affected by the feelings that we have. I mean, I was just thinking about some of the things that are affected by our feelings. Our decisions are affected by our feelings. In fact, how many of you have ever made an emotional decision before? How'd that work out for you? You know, <laughs> not so good. And what's so amazing about it is that we can make a decision in the moment based on an emotion that can actually affect us for years and years and years to come in a second that can affect us for years. Like I felt like we needed that brand new car and now six years later, I'm still trying to pay for it, right? And they don't just affect our decisions, but you know what else they affect? They affect our relationships. How many of you have ever struggled in your relationship because you had a bad day emotionally, right? Like you came home and yelled at the kids or you had a fight with your wife. And it all happened because these things happen in, in our emotions. They affect our work. In fact, studies have shown that when people are dealing with stress or with, uh, with discouragement or different types of emotions, it affects our, product, our productivity at work. It even affects, I don't know if you realize this, like our emotions, they even affect our health. Like our, our emotional health has a direct effect on our physical health. That some people even struggle with sickness because of the stress and the emotions and because they haven't yet figured out how do I deal with this struggle that all of us face, this emotional battle that we face on a moment by moment Basis, And it's a big deal. In fact, it's one of the biggest deals. I think this is why the proverb writer talked about it in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And I want you to see what Solomon has to say about it. He says, this is such a big deal. He says, above all else. Everybody say, above all else. Above all else. In other words, he says, more important than anything else, this is what you have to learn to do. You have to guard your hearts for it is the well spring of life what's the proverb writer saying he's saying hey this is such a big deal this is so important that it must be priority above all else this is what you've got to do you've got to understand what's happening in your heart you've got to guard your emotions you've got to deal correctly with your emotions because all of your life will spring from what's happening down inside your heart so what I want to do today is I want to talk about how do we deal with this battle, with this struggle of our emotions. And I want to give you four things today. Three of them are incorrect ways to deal with our emotions, which many of us use many times. And then the last one is the correct way to deal with our emotions. And then we'll wrap it up by giving you three just kind of quick tips on how to deal correctly with your emotions. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these three things down. The first one is this, how do people incorrect deal with their emotions so many times is the first one is that a lot of people just hold them in. In fact, everybody say, hold them in. Hold them in. 
In fact, this is the way a lot of people go through life. They just kind of press it all down. Like, no matter how I'm feeling, if I'm sad, I'm just going to push it down. If I'm angry, I'm just going to kind of hold it inside. If I'm depressed or if I'm, if I'm resentful or sometimes even happy, like I'm going to just kind of push it all inside and just kind of cram it all down, just kind of stuff it all down because I don't want anybody to know how I'm feeling. In fact, some of you did it today. You came in today, and, and deep down inside, you're not fine, but somebody asked you, how are you doing? And what would you do? You smiled with your big Christian smile and said, oh, I'm fine. But deep down inside, you weren't. In fact, husbands, we know this all too well. We ask our wives, what's the matter? And she says nothing. And we know it ain't nothing, right? And here's the tendency is to take our emotions and kind of stuff them down. But here's what happens when, when you don't deal with your emotion. We think we dealt with it because we kept it inside, but we really didn't deal with it. And after a while, what, what's going to happen is eventually what's inside is going to come out on the outside. And it's either going to come out in the form of a breakdown or a blow up, right? In fact, it reminds me of when I think about people in the Bible who dealt with their emotions like this. I think about this guy in this story that Jesus told, famous story called the prodigal son. Anybody remember that story, the prodigal son? And Jesus said there was a father. He had two sons. The younger son came to him. He said he wanted his inheritance. And so it broke the father's heart, but he gave him the inheritance anyway. And the younger son went off and he partied and wild and all kinds of stuff. And the the older brother, like he was angry about what had happened, but, but he didn't tell any about it. In fact, he just kept going about his business, doing what he was supposed to do. But even though he was doing what he's supposed to do, he wasn't happy about it. He just kind of kept stuffing it down on the inside until that day when the younger brother finally decides to come home and the dad welcomes him with open arms and the, and the older brother, he can't deal with it anymore. And notice what he says in Luke chapter 15 and verse 28. He says, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me. And in all that time, you never even gave me a young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours, by the way, when anybody ever says this son of yours, that's never good, right? Those of you that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. This son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, and you celebrate by killing the fatted calf? Like, here's this guy, he's, he's stuffed it all down, all the anger and all the resentment and all the stuff, but eventually it comes out in this huge blow up. Many of you, that's how you deal with your emotions. You push it down and you push it down and you push it down until you can't hold it anymore and you either break down or you blow up and it affects your life and everybody else's life around you. One of the ways we incorrectly deal with emotions is that we hold them in. But here's another way. Some of you are not the people that hold them in. Here, here's what some of you are. You just let them out. Everybody say, let them out. You just let them out. In fact, some of you are the stuffers. You stuff it all down. Some of you are the complete opposite of that. You're the spewers. You just spew it all out. However you're feeling is going to come out in how you're acting. Like if you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling angry, well, you're just going to let everybody know how angry you are. And there's going to be a trail of carnage everywhere that you go. <laughs> If you're sad, oh, you're going to make sure everybody knows you're sad because you're going to mope around like your dog just died so that everybody will have to ask you, oh, are you okay? And you can get attention. However you're feeling, you're going to post it all on social media so that everyone will see it. 
Here's what we do so many times is that like either we stuff it all down or we we let it all out most of the time on the people all around us. In fact, when I think about people in the Bible who dealt with their emotions like this, I think about the guy named Samson. How many remember his story? Samson never held an emotion in in his life. However he felt, it just came out. You go and you read his story in Judges and you see like he got, one time he got angry and he got so angry that he got 50 foxes and he tied all of their tails together and he lit them on fire and set them loose in a field. I mean, destruction everywhere because of his anger. And that led to, I, I was reading it just this week, that led to his wife being killed by the Philistines because he didn't know how to control his anger. One day he got so mad he picked up a donkey's jawbone and killed a thousand Philistines. And eventually it cost him. It cost the life of his wife. It cost him all kinds of his eyes. It cost him, cost him eventually his own life because he never really figured out how to deal with his emotions. Just let them all out. And some of you, that's the way you live. Oh, I'm just going to let everybody know how I'm feeling. And you wonder why your relationships struggle. You wonder why you have struggles in your marriage. You wonder why your kids don't want to be around you. You wonder why nobody wants to come to work for you in your business. You wonder why you're struggling. And it's because you've never learned to truly deal with the emotions that you feel. Some people just hold them all in. Some people just let them all out. But then notice this one. Third one is this. Some people just blow them all up. What do I mean by this? Well, let me tell you. This is what this means. Some people, here's what they do. Whatever they're feeling, they just exaggerate it. If I'm feeling good, oh, it's the best day ever. Come on, anybody ever know anybody like that? And if I'm feeling bad, it's the worst day. And it's this roller coaster, highs and lows. And it's like you're zigging and you're zagging and you're up and you're down and you're in and you're out and you're struggling because there's these extreme highs that you exaggerate and these extreme lows that it's not as bad as it really, you think that it is, but you make it so bad and you just blow everything out of proportion. In fact, when I think about people in the Bible who dealt with their emotions like this, I think about Peter. Man, you think about him. Peter was the king of overreaction. You look at his life. You see it over and over. Like there's one time they were up on the mountaintop with Jesus. And like they had this incredible spiritual experience. And what does Peter do? Peter says, oh, this is the best day ever. Let's just build three tents and we'll hang out on the mountaintop forever. And it'll always be great and wonderful. And then another time when Peter is like afraid because they come to get Jesus to take him to be, to be crucified. And he's so afraid he grabs his sword and cuts off the ear of a soldier that's standing there. One time they had this incredible dinner and he felt so emotionally close to Jesus. And so he said, Jesus, I'll never leave you or abandon you. I'll always be with you. But then just a few hours later, as they take Jesus to be crucified, they asked Peter, Do you, weren't you one of the disciples? And he says, I don't even know who that Jesus was. And some of you, that's the story of your life. Like you're up and down and in and out and all over the place. And the reason you're struggling, the reason you're struggling at work, the reason you're struggling in your marriage, the reason you're struggling in your relationship with others, the reason you're struggling in your relationship with, your, with God is because you have not yet learned how to deal with your emotions. You either hold it all in or let it all out or blow it all up. So what is the correct way to deal with our emotions? If you're taking notes, write them down. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to hold them in or blow them up or let them out. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take them over. Everybody say, take them over. We're going to take them over. We're going to take control. We're going to talk about what does that look like. 
Before we do, though, let me just throw a little disclaimer out there and tell you. When I tell you to take over your emotions, I, I'm not telling you today that you just need to be a zombie. I'm not saying you need to be like this emotionless robot just going through life. Because guess what? God gave you emotions. He created you as an emotional being. And he desires for you to experience and engage your emotions and, and feel all of those emotions. But can I tell you this? He did not create you to be led by your emotions. He gave you those emotions, but he never intended for those emotions to control you. Instead, he intended for you to harness those emotions and use them for his glory in your life. And here's what I know. Most people, the reason they struggle in life is because they have allowed their emotions to take control. They, they have made every decision, everything they say, everything they do comes down to how am I feeling in the moment of my life? And let me just tell you something. You may not be able to control how you are feeling, but you can control how you react to how you are feeling. And so many of you, like, you're led by your emotions. Everything you do is your emotional Decisions. In fact, I would challenge you this week, just take note of every time you hear yourself say something like this, well, I just felt like that was a good decision. Or, you know, I just don't feel good today. Or, you know, I just, I feel like that's uh, uh, something that I should have said or something that I should have done. Man, I hear it come out of my own mouth all the time. I hear it coming out of your mouth in conversations, in counseling. I hear it when people come to me and go, you know, pastor, I just don't feel it anymore. So we're going to go to another church. Or, you know, pastor, like we just don't feel like we love any, each other anymore. So we're going to get divorced. Or, you know, we lost that loving feeling that we had at one moment. And so many people are led by their feelings. And here's the problem with that. You can't trust them. Your feelings will lie. They'll tell you stuff that's not true. Oh, I know that, you know, this world will tell you, oh, just follow your heart. That's the dumbest advice you could ever have. You know why? Because look what the scripture says about it in Jeremiah. The, the Bible says like this in Jeremiah that, that the heart is what? Everybody say this word is deceitful. Above all things, here's what the Bible says. You can't trust your heart because those things that you think and that you feel in your heart, they will lie to you. You will feel one way, but it may not necessarily be the truth. You may think it's the truth in the moment, but later you realize that wasn't real at all. You can't trust it. You can't allow yourself to be led by your emotions. Instead, here's what you have to do. You have to take control of your emotions. In fact, I love the way the proverb writer writes it in Proverbs 29 and verse number 11. Look what he says. He says, a wise man does what? A wise man keeps himself under control. I may feel angry, but I'm not going to act angry just because I felt angry. I may feel sad, but I don't have to act sad just because that's the way that I felt. I may, I may feel a certain way, but I don't have to let that feeling lead me or guide me or control me. But instead, a wise man will take control over their emotions. So you say, well, pastor, how in the world do I do that? Well, let me just tell you, it ain't easy. If it was easy, then y'all would already be doing it. And I wouldn't need to be preaching this sermon today. If it's easy, I'd do it all the time. It's not easy. But I will tell you, it's possible. It's possible not to be led by your emotions. It's possible to take control of your emotions with wisdom from the scripture, 
with a little bit of making that decision to do that and with a whole lot of the Holy Spirit working in your life and leading you, you can have control in this area of your life. So you say, Pastor, how do I do it? Well, let's just get real practical. I'm going to give you three things that will help you to take control of your emotions. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one is this. you got to think. Everybody say, think. you got to think. Did you know? Let me, let me just tell you something. Your emotions and your thoughts are directly connected. In fact, I love, I love the way it reads in Proverbs 4.23 in a different version, in the, in the uh, contemporary English version. Look what it says. It says, carefully guard your what? Your thoughts. Because they are the source of true life. Now, this is the same verse we read a minute ago that says, above all else, guard your heart. But in this version, this translation of it, it says that we should carefully guard our thoughts. The word heart and the word thought are interchangeable here. That's how closely this stuff is connected. Your thinking will always lead to your feeling. In fact, every feeling that you have starts with a thought. This is the way it works. I mean, you can be going along in life, everything's good, then suddenly something triggers a thought. You know what I'm saying? A song on the radio, a conversation that you have, whatever, triggers a thought. And what does that thought lead to if you're not careful? It will lead to a feeling, to an emotion. And then if you're not careful, what happens? That thought leads to an emotion, and that emotion leads to an action, and before long, it's, it's directed your life. And this is the way many of us are. Man, I had this thought that then turned into a feeling of anger, and then that feeling of anger came out in an action and I said something to my wife and before long I'm struggling in my marriage or I had this thought and then that thought caused me to feel sad and so feeling sad caused me to eat a whole gallon of ice cream which then led to me being overweight come on you know what I'm saying and this is the way that it works it all starts in your mind that's where the battle is fought that's where the struggle takes place in fact the bible says it like this in proverbs this stuff is so closely connected that it says in proverbs 23 and verse 6 it says whatever a man thinks in his heart so is he now that's a weird kind of verse there if you think about it because wouldn't it shouldn't it say whatever a man thinks in his mind but that's not what it says whatever a man thinks in his heart So he becomes, what's that talking about? It's talking about, hey, my mind, my thoughts, and my heart, my thoughts and my emotions are so closely connected that a thought will lead to emotion, will lead to an action, which leads to who I am and what I become. You will always be led in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So here's what you have to do. If you're going to take control of your emotions, you have to take control of the way that you are thinking. If you want to change your feelings, you have to change your focus. In fact, the scripture talks about this. Look what it says in Romans 12 and verse 2. Paul says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. In other words, the world, here's what they do. They follow their feelings. But Paul says, don't do what the world does. Instead, this is what you need to do. Let God transform you into a new person. And how does he do that? By changing the way that you think. I'm going to think differently. Second thing I'm going to do if I'm going to take control of my emotions is I'm not going to just change the way I think, but second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try. Everybody say try. I'm going to try. And this goes like this. How many know most people, this is the way they live. How I feel is how I act, right? Like if I feel sad, I act sad. If I feel angry, I act angry. If I, you know, if I feel happy, then I act happy. How I feel is how I act. But what if we turn that all around? What if we decided instead of How I feel is how I act. What if we decided I'm going to instead act the way that I want to feel and then let that action lead to the feeling? Let me just tell you this. This will change your life. You are so much more likely 
to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. Come on, right? Some of you are like, oh, I'm just waiting for the feeling to take over and then I'll, you know, then I'll exercise, you know. When I feel, I get up in the morning, the feeling takes over. Guess what? I have never had that feeling in my whole life. <laughs> Ever. And those of you that have that feeling, oh, I just feel like going for a run or whatever, man, I'm telling you, you need to get saved. There's something wrong with y'all. But I'll tell you what is true. There have been times when I didn't feel like exercising, but I did it even though I didn't feel like it. And then whenever I was done, I actually felt like it and did a little bit more. Come on, right? And what was the deal? I acted my way into a feeling. There are days when I come to work, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like working. But you know what I do? I get started. Sometimes I even have to prime the pump a little and just start on the easy stuff. But eventually I start to feel it. There are days I don't feel like being the dad or the husband that I need to do, or need to be. But I just try to do the things that I'm supposed to do until eventually I start feeling those things. There are times in my relationship with God that I don't feel like doing what I'm I don't feel like. There are days I don't feel like going to church. There are days I don't feel like worshiping. There are days I don't feel like preaching. There are days I don't feel like praying or reading my Bible and all that kind of stuff. But I don't live by how I feel. I do what I'm supposed to do even when I don't feel it. And you know what? That's why the scripture talks about bring a sacrifice of praise that sometimes I don't feel like it, but I do it anyway. And then when I do it anyway, eventually I start to feel like it. Come on, right? Paul and Silas didn't feel like praising God when they were in the, in the prison cell, but they did it anyway. Come on. I'm going to preach in this place. If y'all don't get with me, I'm going to think different. My focus determines my feelings. I'm going to act different that, Hey, I may not feel it, but I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do anyway until the feeling comes. And then the third thing is this. I'm going to think. I'm going to try. And then number three, write this down. Letter C. I'm going to trust. Everybody say trust. This is where it all comes down to. In fact, let me give you a definition of real trust. Real trust in God is this. Trust in God is when I decide to believe what God has said rather than what I feel. That's trust. And most of us, man, that's not what we do. In fact, in this world that we live in today, most of us have made our feelings the truth rather than making God's word the truth in our life. And we live our lives based upon how we feel. But the Bible says trust is to decide even when I don't feel God, I'm going to believe what he has said. Even when I don't feel that he is there, I'm going to trust that he is there. Even when I'm feeling sad, I'm going to trust that his word says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even when I'm feeling discouraged or anxious, I'm going to trust that the word of God says that I can cast all my cares upon him him because he cares for me. Even when I feel like God is not with me, I'm going to trust that he has said he will be with me always, even to the ends of the earth. Even when I feel weak and I feel like I can't go on, I'm going to trust that the word of God says that his strength is made perfect inside my weakness, that I'm not going to live for what I feel, but I'm going to live my trust based upon what God has said and who he is and what he has done in my life. The scripture teaches this over and over. Some of us, man, the reason you're up and you're down and you're struggling, you're in and you're out is because you have placed your faith in your feelings. You've allowed them to lead your life. But look what the scripture says about it in Proverbs. Man, I love this. Proverbs chapter four, 3 and verse 5. Look what it says. Trust in the Lord. How? Completely. One version says with all your heart. And then notice what it says. Don't ever Trust yourself. In other words, don't trust how you're feeling. 
Trust what God has said. Put your trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't ever trust yourself, but in everything you do, put God first. And here's what will happen. He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Some of you, the reason you're struggling is because you've placed your trust in how you are feeling. And the Bible says, don't trust your feelings. Don't trust yourself. But instead, choose to believe what God has said over what you see. Choose to put your trust in him even when you don't feel it in the moment of your life. In fact, I love the way John writes it in 1 John 3 and verse 20, and I close with this. Look what he says. But even if we don't feel at ease, God is greater than our feelings. Some of you are like, man, I don't feel at ease right now. I'm struggling, and there's stuff. And I'll tell you, man, I've faced it. I know it. But here's what I know. What God has said is greater than what I can see or feel. What I know is more important and what I feel down inside. And that's where trust begins.